curious, competitive, compassionate. Salespeople are drawn to their careers in much the same way musicians are drawn to music. Once you've learned the language of sales, the beauty is in your ability to personally interpret what you've learned to suit your personality, your interest, and your skill. My name is Roger Burnett, and this is the So You're In Sales podcast, where we consider ways to grow as people as we advance in our careers and learn firsthand from those ahead of us on the path to accelerate our journey. I'm lucky to get to talk every two weeks with entrepreneurs, business owners, thought leaders, authors, and people of all walks of life, each with a unique story to share and a look at their lessons along the way. Prepare to be educated, informed, entertained, and inspired. This is the So You're In Sales Podcast. The So You're In Sales Podcast is sponsored by Social Good Promotions. Social Good Promotions was founded on the premise that any business can stand out from their competition when they are doing things they really believe in. True success these days is measured by the ways your employees feel about working for you and the ways your business is making the community a better place. Ultimately, it's about the ways you and your business will be remembered. If you're looking to grow your sales revenue while activating social good at the same time, we'll be your favorite marketing partner ever. Book a meeting with us at socialgoodpromotions.com, follow us on Instagram at sogoodpromo, and let's get connected. We've done great work using our unique and effective strategy. Let us show you how. Now, on with the show. It's not every day one can get Dana Zezzo to sit down for a discussion. So having the opportunity to do so on the heels of a somewhat career-altering change has me feeling just a little extra fired up for today's discussion. And for those of us employing the social selling model, Dana Zezzo is a North Star. From his early days as a blank apparel sales rep and then growing with a series of promotions to increasingly important and larger roles at industry suppliers such as Pro Towels, Jetline, and Imagine Brands, and overseeing a multitude of responsibilities in sales, marketing, and product development, Dana has been a trailblazer both in the effective use of social media across a multitude of platforms and channels, including being one of the first and still amongst the best at us of us at using live and live video and the sharing of actionable tactics for others in the industry by way of his lecturing and teaching on the road for practically every regional association in the country. As thanks for his give, give first approach, the Regional Association Council named Dana their 2012 Volunteer of the Year. He's also a past president and current Hall of Fame member in TRASA. He's number seven on the online 18 up from 17 in 2007's list. He's a Promo Kitchen co-founder. He's a Promo Kitchen chef. And if that wasn't enough, he loves our industry so much. He supported and nurtured the rocket ship of a career of his daughter, Megan, who's embraced the family uh, work ethic of the Zezos, working everybody, outworking everybody in the room. And I even saw his daughter, Maria, rocking a promo apparel fashion show for SNS last week. So maybe we're introducing, I don't know, another member of the Zezo family. <laughs> and if you've met Dana on the road, he's either at a show with his wife, Shelly in tow, or hanging out in a campground in the Zezo Adventures RV, field testing the latest batch of OtterBox Outdoor and other promotional products. If you, if 
he's not on the road, he's at a high school volleyball game. <laughs> he's a good friend of mine and a tremendous source of inspiration to me. And I'm super excited to welcome the pride of Ashtabula, Ohio, to the program. Welcome, Dana. Thank you. I'm going to have you do my eulogy. <laughs> oh, yeah? The eulogy, huh? All right. Well, by then, I will be boring people because we're both going to live forever and go do a bunch of fun stuff. So I'm, I just sign me up now. Count me in. I got it. <laughs> oh, that's wow. That's like a quick uh, walk down memory lane there, Roger. Thanks for that. You're welcome. You're welcome, man. So listen, I don't think it's any secret to anybody. You've crossed the aisle, as they say. You left Imagine, and now you're joining the Zavajdal team at the 13th largest distributor as ranked by ASI, American Solutions for Business. If anybody didn't know that, they're up to speed. And I certainly want to touch on that transition. And I'm sure there's a bunch of listeners out there hoping that I get you to dish up some dirt on why you made this switch. That's not really the only thing I want to make sure we get into. I think there's a lesson in the arc of your career that people should consider. So we'll touch on building a personal brand along with that and kind of your thoughts on how having done so may or may not have worked to your advantage during your time as a member of our fascinatingly mixed up industry. So you good with that being the context, my friend? Absolutely. All right, let's get into it. So um, you, Mr. Rack Volunteer of the Year, Mr. Trasa Hall of Fame member, you've gone out of your way to give back to the industry, you know, educating members, especially what I would call as like the number one adopter of social media when it first happened in our industry. You know, you, you've really spent time and effort trying to teach people how to be proficient and effective, on especially LinkedIn and Facebook. So like, talk to us about the motivation behind your desire to do that. And then what do you, what do you see maybe back then that others weren't seeing? And then, you know, how did, how did you act on that from that point forward? Yeah, that that's awesome. So, you know, I didn't know um, that it was going to be social media. So when I was young, I want to say, you know, senior in high school, first year in college, um, you know, I idolized Zig Ziglar and listened to him, you know, why other kids were, you know, cranking the Judas Priest and AC. <laughs> you know, I had the Zig Ziglar cassette cassette tape in my Volkswagen Golf. Um, And I just listened to it over and over. And I listened to it, I would say almost in a cult-like experience, because my goal when when I popped the tape in was to be able to go word for word for him, verbatim, almost as if someone would learn a song and sing along. I would talk along and learn that voice fluctuation and the emphasis points. So that led me to, you know, at a young age of, you know, 17, 18, 19 years old, that I had this weird dream that this small town country boy from Asheville, Ohio could be a motivational speaker. And I longed for that opportunity. I didn't know when it would come, why it would come or how it would come. But I knew one thing, if you were going to be a motivational speaker, you probably had to have some success behind you <laughs> so that right. you got up there like it made sense. Um, 
So then the work ethic started and the quest was to become successful in the art of sales. Uh, and then kind of marketing came a little bit after I studied a lot of marketing in college, but you know, I think that businesses of the late eighties, mid late eighties viewed marketing very differently, obviously than they do today. So, um, I was coming out of that generation of, you know, trickle down economics, you know, Reaganomics and stuff like that. And I just put my head down and I said, you know, I want to be successful because I want to share it because anyone can be successful. Yeah. You know, cause I was the kid probably most likely if you go back and talk to my, maybe not my high school teachers. Cause I put the nose to the grind pretty hard in high school. Um, but up until about 10th grade, if you talk to my teachers, they would be like, Oh, what prison is he in? Or, <laughs> or, uh, you know, is he even still alive? Um, <laughs> that, that and I'm sure a lot of us could joke about that, but mine was real. Like I was yeah, a, no, I, I a, totally get that. So F student up until 10th grade. Oh, uh, it's so I want to just re- rewind here for a second since you mentioned cassette tape. So I literally I almost <laughs> have this vision of like young Dana Zezzo at a garage sale looking for, you know, uh, G.I. Joe with the Kung Fu grip and happening across this cassette tape of like this guy with his name is Zig and his last name is also a Z and like, you know, right. pop, popping, popping <laughs> that tape into the cassette for the first time and being like, this Southern gentleman is preaching to me. Like, I mean, how, how do, how does one come across a Zig Ziglar tape at such an early age? Like, how did that happen? I don't know if I have the memory for that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, my dad has been in sales, you know, his whole life and my grandfather. Okay. Um, so it's in the, yeah. it's in the gene pool for sure. Gotcha. Uh, I don't know where I got turned on to it. I, I don't know the actual point. Um, but boy, once I did, I was locked on and then, you know, then obviously you migrate to Tony Robbins and some yeah. other things. Um, and then we have, you know, the people of today, you know, the Gary V's of today that are really the modern versions of that. Yeah. And, no doubt. Brian Tracy. I mean, I, I, I grew up in the same era as you, man. And like, yeah. I remember there, the, they would, they still do it, but they used to do it a lot more because the internet wasn't around then that, you know, they'd come Joe Lewis arena Thursday at noon and they'd have like, you know, 12 speakers and you'd go and that's right. And like I had lunch with Bob Dole one time as part of that. Like it was super fun. Like those were great events and the energy was always so good. And I think like I was always struck by learning like the people, like not only were they talking about sales, but like you could tell that they were trained presenters. Like they'd been coached in the way that they were giving the presentation. So yeah, I I was swept up in as much around like the performance as I was what was being said. And in a lot of ways, I think for you, probably even so, because when you grow up around salespeople, you hear people talk about selling and like what it, the nomenclature and the words aren't foreign to you because you've heard them from such a young age, yeah. which suggests to me that when you happened on to Zig, it was almost like finding another member of the family kind of thing, right? Right, right. exactly. Yeah. So what has so a couple things happened. So I went on, you know, to have a successful career in sales and I was building a track record and kind of migrating my way, you know, where my future would be. Um, And then um, to PPAI's credit, got invited to um, 
a session in Chicago and I don't remember the name of it, but it was like, it was like facilitator training. Um, okay. It was, it, it was a critical time in my life because I wasn't sure I could do it. You know, I, I would mimic Zig Ziglar, but I would say, yeah, but I don't know if I can do that. Right. Everyone has sure. that self doubt. And I went to that training that, that PPAI provided and whoever I was working for at the time, let me go. And I met, uh, the guy teaching the class and spent, um, you know, I'm always the overachiever. So I'm meeting the guy for coffee at six o'clock in the morning. I'm staying after five and, you know, working with him. And he started talking a little bit about social media and I was showing him some of my sales training sessions that I was doing, um, back then, uh, NNAP, the, a big work network of embroiderers yep. was having me speak, um, a quite a bit for them about selling, um, and the skill of selling. And I had wrote a couple of theories, one called scalability. And so I was honing my skills to be a speaker. And again, social media was still not even in the picture. And I met this, this guy teaching this class that PPI invited me to, um, which I cannot thank them enough. So, um, this guy kind of looked at me and he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, you got to get, you got to get going. You got to like, you can do this. And that guy who I'll, I, I'll have to, I'd have to really go back and search his name, but he was the one who kind of put the, put the ball and, you know, underneath me a fire and, and got me to start doing it. So I started diving in and, you know, when I lock on to something, I lock on, it's just my, it, it's my psyche when I, you know, when I want to learn something, I'm going to go to the nth degree to, to study it and learn it. And, and, right. and, and I did it about social media. And then all I did from there was, you know, so I have this weird in the one side back of my brain that I'm not even tapping into this skill set of being able to present and, and, and being, you know, the Zig Ziglar style. And then all of a sudden I'm learning like about social media. So I start taking what I'm learning and I start implementing it. And it's getting noticed and it's getting more noticed and it's getting more noticed. And the whole time I'm like, yeah. I don't understand the big thing. This is just sales 101. Like it's about relationship yeah. building. And then somebody else would notice and said, man, will you talk to so-and-so about it? And I'm like, yeah. So I talked to so-and-so without any self-interest because I just want to share what I learned like most people. And then that just started snowballing. And the next thing I know, I would speak for a regional and then, you know, all those EDs talk and I was speaking for another regional. Next thing you know, you know, um, the, the big distributors, um, which I spoke for most of them, um, Vernon, Halo, Performa, um, uh, and, and more, and probably more started having me come in and, and speak, um, uh, I know Ross at IP, IPU had me come in and, um, you know, kind of keynote one day uh, about it. And it just snowballed and then it became who I was. But I can honestly say it, it wasn't on purpose. It was through the passion to learn and the passion to want to someday be a motivational speaker. And mine just happened to be a timing in the world about social media. Yeah, it worked out great. You caught lightning in a bottle. And, you know, it's kind of interesting to hear that how that worked was someone saying to you, don't, don't, don't hide your light under a barrel, man. Like you got it, go do it. Yeah. And, 
And I think there's many of us that will be listening to this and can think back to a period of time in their lives where someone was doing that and we didn't pay attention. And it's really, really important to recognize that when someone goes out of their way from a place of credibility to tell you that you should have confidence, like take it, Yes. take, take that advice and not don't poo poo it. Right. I, I think especially we, we polite Midwesterners oftentimes sort of like, Oh, shucks, you know, like, Oh, you know, thanks for the praise. But I, yeah. Um, yeah. That I'm, I'm just going to pretend like I didn't hear you say that. And that's like the last thing. Don't ever do that. Like run, run. Right. Because yeah, this guy, I mean, this one guy and you know, a, a two day or a day and a half, you know, most of the session, the things like that, the little retreats that the industry did over the years are a day and a half, maybe two days long. And that, you know, had I not listened to that guy, I don't really know where my career would be right now. I mean, um, he tapped into something he knew I really wanted to do and, and deep down in my soul and he unleashed that sucker and (laughs) we never looked back. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. And so for, for that, we get to thank this guy for in the, in the order I could remember them. The Get Social campaign, the Zoink, holy yeah. cow, the Zoink, the Hotel View series that you started on Facebook, the the literally like if you have not seen Jetline's video series with you and Eric, you absolutely <laughs> are missing out. You got to go watch those things. I went, I went back and watched them again just to get ready to have this conversation with you, and I practically peed my pants laughing. It was funny. so funny. Um, I remember when you got to imagine you started doing Facebook live where you had stuff in the warehouse that you would put on closeout and invite people to come and, and watch that as you were doing it. Uh, hell you, you were Facebook living from your daughter's wedding so that those of us who couldn't participate had a chance to, to at least in some small way, be a part of what was a very important day for the Zezo family. And that was awesome. Then we got Shelly is practically the first lady of promo. I mean, <laughs> like, you know, wherever you go, it's and it's on the road. Typically, Shelly is is right there behind, and you know, my my wife Melissa is often jealous of like she's like, how come I don't get to go? Like Shelly gets to go. <laughs> I'm like, well, let's go, come on. And you know, I mean, the fact that you, even with Meg and Maria now, like you've got you know, the family is is building the case for you guys to be the first family of promo. Uh, <laughs> and then be, like awesome. <laughs> the two then the two more most recent ones. I mean. That field testing thing, Dana, and you just released one yesterday with the the coffee truck. Like, I, I don't, for my money, uh, field testing and the promo effect together are like the best thing going from content in our industry right now. When that girl with promo effect shrieked when she got her her uh, coffee mug, like, how how what what more effective way can we communicate the power of promotional products than? a potential client screaming on, on, on the video. Like that's just fantastic. So she almost, actually there was a point where she almost teared up and, you know, it's <laughs> funny cause I, I, my heart is like with her going, Oh my gosh, don't cry. Like they're just mugs. And then the, pro- the producer in me is like, Oh my gosh, you better catch this on yeah. film. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, so like, thank you that guy for helping us all be witness to the fun and creative things that you've done. But so like, 
in a lot of ways, I feel like like I've been collecting your records ever since you started putting them out, and I have my favorite. But do you like? Do you have a favorite? Is there is there something you're most proud of out of that group? Does something stand out? Like looking back, take take a take a second to look back, and what do you what what are you most proud of? Yeah, I mean the get social and, and being part of the group um, that led that charge um, is awesome. I mean, if, if our industry someday the 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 um, end buyers or whatever like you know start really commenting that their their buying actions are changing because they're seeing this stuff in their social feeds or their or or, or some element of social media um that would be pretty awesome i think yeah. the one that the one that i um enjoy the most um because I, of of seeing the joy in other people uh is the field testing promo and putting these events together where um People are diving in and using the product probably in the setting that is applicable that I don't think happens um, every day. I don't think the industry wakes up every day and looks through their house or their office going, what product can I use today because I'm going to do this? I, yeah. I think it's an afterthought. And my whole goal with field testing promo is to say – like this is it's not revolutionary it's just the medium that's revolutionary i think the concept of you know you buy the brand of boat because you know for the last summer you went on your friend's boat and that's the brand he has and he sat there and told you how great it is and so you go buy that brand boat that's that's been going on for centuries and for since beginning of time i think this the mediums change and yeah. I, i'm a I don't think we embrace the medium enough to share with our prospective buyers that are people that are indirect. I don't think it's always direct. I think it's, you know, your best friend's um, uncle runs this big, huge company. And if, if you're connected through social networks and you're experiencing the product indirectly, people are seeing this, that it's having – I think a compelling impact on their buying decisions, yeah. but we got to embrace it. I mean, it's almost like, well, we and nothing to lose really. I mean, yeah. well, gonna, it's being more purposeful, right? Like, so if field testing promo is the choice and, and you know, it's like, how do you pick amongst your kids? You love them all the same, but if you got to pick one, what, what to me makes field testing promo so neat is like, let's, let's talk, let's go back to when you guys went on the trail run. And yeah. you took a bunch of people in the industry and you, and you literally, you shot like a documentary on how product gets used in an event like that. And what better way for a distributor to be able to identify with someone who comes to them with a project that is based on an event like that and say, oh, like, you mean like this? And just send that series along and be like, all right, like, that's actionable. That's, yeah. that's. That, that's showing that if that's the setting you're trying to build a project around, like we've got the content for you already. And all you have to do is decide if what we've done is credible and, and make the choices based on what they've seen. And like, who else is doing that? Right. And that, to yeah. me, that's, that's the beauty of it. And we did the, uh, you know, we had the Coleman line at Imagine Brands under the Vitronic side of the business. And, you know, uh, 
Coleman has a compelling story, um, and especially obviously it matches up with my lifestyle, so that doesn't hurt at all. But you know, we started using it not in camp settings. You know, we started using it in tailgate settings and in cookout settings at distributors and documenting, right. and it had a, 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 a it had a major impact on you know basically the, the the sales of the product and the application, and nothing more than just. Okay, if no one's going to create the event and document it, then we are. And right. then that content's out there. And you, if you want to repurpose it, you know, have at it. That's the beauty of social media. Um, but we were going out and, and taking tons of photographs and videos of people that were having these cookouts. You know, not only were we experiencing the product, you know, we had the whole morale thing going on with all the people because everyone loves a great cookout. And we had, you know, the whole vendor and distributor relationship building going on. Uh, it really shows that, you know, a cooler <laughs> um, can bring, you know, at, at Albrecht's place where we did, you know, probably one of the larger ones I was involved with. You know, we had, you know, 50, 60, 70 people, happy people. And right. it was all built around a cooler. Yeah. Well, and, and, and the willingness for you to cre- do the work necessary to create the memory that reinforced what you wanted people to go do. Like, you know, I mean, that, that's layers deep, but the, but the most important part of it was your willingness to do it. And that's, you know, just like everything else in Dana's as I was career, it's because Dana's willing to do it when nobody else seems to want to, or Dana dreams it up when nobody else has dreamed it up yet. So that's, that's totally your MO. You have an idea? There's 10 times the work behind the idea. <laughs> oh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So speaking of which, right, so, and I would say, uh, you know, you've, you've had, like I mentioned in the open, you know, you've gotten promotions, you've gotten bigger jobs at bigger places, and, you know, you, you've, you've had a run of hit records, right? Like, we always joke about Rihanna. Like, Rihanna's just been around forever, and it's amazing that she continues to just be successful, and yet she does. So... Right. Having that happen now, do do you like? Do you ever feel the pull of like, ooh, I got to do something new, and it's got to be Dana Zezo quality, or are you are you less are you less driven by that, and more just like, what's the new thing I can come up with? Um, I think right. I think now um, with the team, at least the last team I was with, and then my new team, it's more about brainstorming. I enjoy the brainstorm part of an idea. Um, and I'll have a vision in my head. And there was a point in my career where I, when I had the vision and I served it out there, a lot of my staff, past staff, could tell you, just tell us what it is because we know you have it already. <laughs> <laughs> so don't make us I want us to work together on it. No, just tell us. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, and, and it was like that. And I have gotten really um, – I've gotten much better at not – once I have a, a thought is – I truly believe that someone else can take it further than I can. Uh, I didn't used sure. to think that in my career. So I'm at a point in my career now that I'll have an idea or a vision, and I don't even think of how it's going to be, how we're going to get there. And then I start working with the team and to sit back and watch these the this, the teams. Normally they're younger um, in the marketing um, teams and stuff like that. They're made up of younger people. Man, they come up where how they get there is not anywhere like I would have got there and and we get somewhere near, if not better. So I think now I have so much more enjoyment to kind of just throw something out there and and then let watch the teams 
build the base for it. Um, yeah. That's exciting. Um, so now I don't spend too much time look thinking through every single step. Um, one, because it's grueling and it, can, yeah. it literally ages you. <laughs> um, and uh, I just I want. I want an idea to see if that idea can cause a bigger idea. And I think at one yeah. point in my career, I probably selfishly thought my idea was the best idea. And that's, I mean, that's how you advance your career. But now I don't, I think that I just, my idea is just a piece of it that can cause something better. And so now I'm getting more enjoyment out of what's happening um, in that process, the process now is more exciting to me than the reaching the goal. Yeah. Well, when you, when you've had a hit record, sometimes it's more fun to be the producer. Yes. Very much. So you're like, I know a hit when I see it and that looks like a hit. So, you know, (laughs) let's, let's go. That's cool. All right. So I want to talk about your career shift, but before I do that, I'm going to make people have to listen to us a little bit longer. Uh So I want to ask your opinion. So, um, you know, as, as we both are in the 50 threshold, uh, 50 years old, you know, and you've been in the industry long enough, you you get in much the same way as you're saying, you know, you get a little bit broader view of the picture. And I, I suspect that concurrently it has a way of having an effect on your priorities and Nothing has a way of sort of making you look in the mirror and where your priorities are than in that moment when you're making a career transition. So, um, you, yes, you agree with that? Is that, yeah. is that accurate statement? Yeah. I mean, and so, so in that, in that clearly you've had to have gone through that analysis here in the recent past as you're making this change. How, how are your priorities different maybe than they were back in the Pro Towels days versus the jetline days and um or are you striding to the same priorities and nothing's changed you're just doing it in a different place oh, that that's a that's an intense question i i mean i think i'm fortunate that um you know when you think of the word priorities in your career people start to default to you know your family your you know things like that i, I yeah. i've been extremely fortunate that my family, um, you know, Shelly and I were together ever before I got into promotional products. So I'm extremely fortunate that um, my family has been along that journey the whole way. Um, and so I, I, I don't have this major regret um, for my priorities being out of whack. Um, you know, my wife said, you know, I could go be a store manager at Lowe's and I would be a workaholic. It doesn't matter. What <laughs> Very <I'm> true. <laughs> so, cause I, if the, I didn't like the way the floor was sweeped at closing time, I'd sweep, re-sweep it. Um, exactly. Or I'd redo the shelves with the tow motor cause they're fun to drive or something. Like that. But, um, you know, I, uh, so I'm very fortunate that my priorities have always been, Shelly has been intricately involved in every career change and decision along the way. So, I, I I didn't have those friction points. Thank goodness. It, it's probably how I've made it this long. Um, and now the kids coming into the business and, you know, Megan's getting a taste of what the grind means. So I think from a priority, the default answer to priorities is I feel like I've been fortunate that my priorities have been pretty good along the way. Now my wife will always tell you that I work too much. I mean that, but yeah. that's, that's what, 
you know, I always, I'm not the most educated person in the room. So I learned, you know, that if you, you could outwork anybody, you could outwork a smart person. And when I learned that, I locked onto that. And that, that's just, that's what causes the grind. So the priority to work has been to be relevant, um, be important to the company that believes in me and pays my check and, you know, obviously feeds my family is that I know, Hey, I might not be the smartest, but you're not going to ever find someone that works harder. So, um, that was my give back. My priority in my life to give back to the companies that believed in me was the work ethic. Um, Mm -hmm. I think going, you know, what's happening now and you made reference to the 50, um, and, and what are my priorities? Uh, I definitely now, uh, before I'll make a quick commitment to, uh, from a workings perspective, I do double check my yeah. wife's calendar. I didn't right. do that, you know? Um, so I definitely am more sensitive to my travel and things like that. Um, but my, I don't think I have the, the, the conquer the world priority that I probably had when I was younger, um, trying to prove a lot of people that I could be something who, who pr- told me in my face, I wouldn't, um, cause I right. have, and I, and I have a great career and it could end tomorrow and I could live happily ever after because, you know, I, I provided for my family. I never, I never hurt anybody to gain anything for, um, for myself along right. the way. And I helped a lot of people advance their career who I believed in. So my priority now, I think, is trying to assess what what do I have in here uh, in this little teeny five two frame that I can just help people every day. You know, um, we have six hundred sales associates at American, and all I want to do all I want to do is wake up every day and have them call me and say, "Hey, will you help me with this? Will you help me with this? Will you help me with this vendor? Will you help me with this?" Um, and I'll, I'll be happy. I mean, I don't, um, I don't think I have the wrecking ball kind of approach that I might have used to have. Um, you know, imagine brands, uh, we went through some intense, um, leadership training that I'll thank them forever, uh, that we, that they invested in us. And there's the thing that stuck with me right now, the most is, you know, I, I was aggressive uh, and that aggressiveness, um, got me places. And if you do like the baseball analogy, right, you can throw a fastball and you'll get the, you know, you'll strike the guy out, but eventually they'll figure out your fastball. Yeah. So you better yeah. figure out a curve and a change up. And, you know, I think I've been throwing fastballs for a lot of times, long time in my career. And now I'm just, I want to learn a change up and I want to learn, you know, some other pitches. The and, art of pitching by Dana Zezo. Yeah. And I want, and I don't have to throw the ball hundred miles an hour. Not that I ever could, but I don't have to throw it the hardest as I could every time I, um, you know, again, in that leadership training with imagine brands, there was one thing that, that, that Lori, um, who I, I respected a lot. Um, Lori, uh, who's that was the president of imagine brands at the time. Um, she, she would help me. She would coach me. She says, you know, I know what your where your heart is, but the way you say it sometimes, yeah. people take it literally. And she would say that to me a lot, and I'll always remember it. And then we she gave me a book to read, and the basic of the moral of the book was you you fire bullets before cannons. 
And the concept of, because when you miss with a cannon, you miss bad and it takes a long time to reload. Whereas yeah. a bullet, you can sit and fine tune. Then once you have yeah. your target, you, you know, you fire the bomb. The, yeah. the cannon. And I think that's where I'm at in my life is I want to fire these little bullets. And, and I didn't probably used to do that. I was like, as soon as I had an yeah. idea, light the cannon, you know, and um, I probably yeah. missed with yeah. quite a few. Um, so I just want to be more sympathetic to to my team because I know that I I push hard and mm-hmm. not everyone's programmed for that and not everything I say is literal. It's just I get caught up in the moment and and I want to get better at that. So my priorities are to have much more positive impact with on people based on what I say and think about what I say before I say it and just help help as many people now that um, you know, I can't say that, you know, I could retire tomorrow. I, I need a job. Obviously yeah. I have bills to pay, but, um, I'm just, I'm not trying to conquer the world. I want to yeah, help. You're, people. It's, you're, yeah. You're gratified in a different way now. And yeah. I think that, that as we get to this stage in our collective careers, I think there's a lot of that, a lot of that, that comes along with, um, you know, it's almost like tending to the garden and watering it and giving it the proper ingredients and then watching it grow is as exciting or sometimes more exciting than, you know, do things you might do as an individual. And yeah, so that doesn't surprise me that that's a reflection, I think, of your maturity uh, in the business world. But, you know, again, when you start with the attitude of no one's going to outwork me, and you're passionate about what you're doing. And if you feel like people aren't working as hard as you, sometimes that's where the rub can be. And it's learning how to do that in a way that makes people feel okay. That is the real art, right? Right, exactly. exactly. <laughs> because to me, like the interesting thing of it is like, I hear you saying that you, you want to be n- sort of nicer to people, but yet you give so much of yourself, like, and you've been recognized so much for your heart, like that it's just a matter of, connecting your heart and your mouth in a way that works for more people. And I'm, I'm sure you'll do it. Absolutely. There's no reason to think that you won't, but I'll figure um, it out. (laughs) Well, and you know, to me in the meantime, you know, Dana Zezzo, the brand is what it is and it's, it's not static. It's constantly evolving. So, you know, the, the beauty of the, of field testing promo and the promo effect are Dana showing the world that he's not resting on his laurels and then he's still trying to bring new things to the market that will be of benefit. Yeah. So. Well, uh, and I got a nice, uh, I've got a young team now and they're super excited to, you know, brainstorm some ideas. And, um, so it'll be exciting. They, we're not done yet. There'll be, there'll be more coming. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, I left it for last and I can tell you with certainty, I never expected there was going to be a day where Roger Burnett was a supplier and Dana Zezzo was a distributor like I would have bet money on this that it would have never happened, but I'm excited to to know that I have a representative from for our brand and what branded logistics does and for the industry out there selling to end buyers and you know connecting salespeople with solutions. So if you if you would have had the opportunity to give like a full blown press conference announcing your decision to go and it's funny like it's the only thing left in the industry we don't have like you know a press conference for Dana to come out and explain to everybody what he's doing. But, but if this was to serve that purpose, what, what would you want people to know? And how do you think your time as a supplier will be of benefit to American, both internally and externally? Yeah, that's uh, that's, 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 this is going to, this is interesting. Um, 
Yeah, I, I would honestly say uh, openly, and I think anyone who knows me is probably, you know, I never thought I would be on the go on the distributor side um, because I thought I had found my my zone, my spot um, in that uh, in the supplier world and um, in a leadership role, whether it be over sales or marketing. Um, and, you know, fate is, you know, it, it, it would. I would say you never say never. Um, you know, I was saying never and I shouldn't have, but, uh, it's okay. It all worked out. Um, you know, it's just, it's a little bit of fate. You know, I don't, uh, people know me for the social media and, you know, at, uh, at times my terrible language, but, um, I'm a little more spiritual than people know. And, and that's gotten a lot stronger over the last couple of years. Um, and I'm, you know, this is something that happened. Um, and there were some spiritual things that were happening simultaneously. So, um, I followed, uh, what I felt was the path that was laid out for me on this one. How about that? How about that? That That's good. Now, like there's a, there's a tasty little tidbit hidden in there. So we said maybe we'd get some dirt turned out it was turned out to be religious instead of the the opposite so i appreciate that that's good to know and you know to me like i'm sure you were faced with that moment of like i'm certain it wasn't the only thing you were considering and i'm guessing that there were opportunities on both sides of the aisle so you you needed something to give you the confidence to say you know what i'm doing it so i applaud you and if that's the reason that's as good as any so yeah, I think Justin and I excited. Yeah, Justin's a great guy. I mean, if 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 those, you know, people who listen to this, if you at some point, you know, find a way to to try to have an accidental collision with Justin, um, he's an amazing guy. They have a great culture. And I think it was, you know, at a point in my life where it it was perfect fit. Um Justin was helping me um, navigate through, you know, the decision. And, and we had a lot of, lot of late night dialogue and early morning dialogue. And, you know, he was amazing. He kept saying, well, give me two reasons you'd never do this. And, you know, I had the, the relationship with him to tell him what they were. And he's, he helped talk me through that. And I, I'll always give him a lot of credit for, being so open to say, Hey, tell me your hangups. A lot of people right. never get that depth in an interview um, yeah, or that sure. depth when two parties are courting each other for, uh, you know, an agreement to work together. Uh, and he went in there really deep. I mean, deep down in my heart and soul and, you know, said, dude, just tell me why you would never do it. And I thought, you know what, right. I, have to, I have to answer the question it, if the guy had the nerve to ask me, my gosh, he deserves the respect to answer it. So I answered it and he helped me through that and made some commitments to me that, um, you know, I think were, were very admirable. You know, the one thing um, I didn't want to hurt any other distributors, you know, so distributors have supported me through my pretty much, you could say my whole career up until this right. point. And I didn't want to wake right. up every day with my first goal to hurt other distributors who supported me. And he respected that. And that's uh, the role that was created um, that the vendor relations marketing events are three, three things that I am super passionate about. 
And I get to wake up every day and talk and be with vendors. Like it's kind of fun. I mean, there are people I've traveled with for 20 years. I know them. Um, I know what, what, what their hot buttons are. I know what they're passionate about. And I'm just looking forward to helping some of them get out their ideas that they've been never been able to get out before. That's exciting to me because vendors and I'm sure, I mean, distributors have great ideas too, but I mean, think of the time I've spent on the road. A lot of it, it looks like it's been with distributors, but that's only like an hour. And then the other four hours you're sitting there with a supplier. So they have amazing ideas and I get to be the conduit to help them take those realities and make them uh, those ideas and make them reality within one of one of the top distributors in the country that fires me up that's going to get me up every morning taking their ideas and making them a reality and you have so many potential people to collaborate with because of the size of that organization and dana i am i'm excited to see what happens i am i'm certain that you will surprise and delight more than your fair share of people and i Absolutely can't wait to see what happens. I cannot thank you enough for coming on today. It was super awesome. It's always great to talk to you. And uh, I'm we're going to make an appointment for six months from now. You're going to come back on and we're going to find out if you've gotten broken or if you're still as confident as ever. <laughs> All right. I appreciate it. Roger, you are awesome. It's been fun, uh, obviously, too, to, to, to be um, along the ride with your career and what you've done. And I know great things are coming for you um, also. And, you know, you're 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 one of the great voices in the industry of of the the art of selling and the, the integrity of it and the you know, the skill set it takes and the grind. So it's an honor to be on here with you too. I appreciate it, man. That's awesome of you to say. I will, uh, I will clip that last little part and use that if anybody ever says anything bad about me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right, man, Dana, till next time. We'll talk soon. Talk soon.